When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Isaac here with Civil Engineering Academy. Welcome, welcome to another awesome episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Hey, uh, before we begin, if you are in the hunt for passing the FE exam, go check out a resource we just created. Uh, if you go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash best FE resources, you can grab our free guide I created. Uh, I helped you scour the internet to find the best resources for the FE and put that in a guide for you. So go check that out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash best FE resources and uh, fill out your info and go grab it. Um, today we have a special guest. Uh, his name is Scott Denny and Scott and I actually had a couple classes together in school. He actually worked with my brother, so we have a little bit of uh, history there, which is kind of fun. But uh, Scott works in a very interesting industry now, uh, something I think is kind of a rising technology, and I think it's fun to talk about it. I probably want to do more about it in the future or talk more about it in the future. So uh, it'd be something uh, interesting for everyone. Anyway, let's talk about Scott. Scott, he's got his bachelor's from uh, in civil engineering from University of Utah. He earned his MBA from uh, ASU, and then he got his license, uh, his PE license in a few states, but he is here in Utah. So he's worked in the construction industry for 15 years, uh, working everything from design, estimating, sales, project management, and now 3D concrete printing. So he currently works as a general manager for a company called Picus Concrete. It's a 3D concrete printing division, and it's pretty sweet. This is a kind of a new technology and something fun we talk about. So it's going to be a great episode, and I think you will enjoy it, and we'll get right to it coming right up. Hey guys, we also have another resource for you, and that is our partner, PPI. If you are interested in getting uh, additional exam material for the FE or PE, go check them out at civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI and use our discount code of CIVAC and you'll save 15% off any book that you order there. I believe that also works for their learning hub, uh, but they also have lots of other materials. So go check them out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash PPI. All right. Welcome. We got Scott with us today. Welcome to the show, Scott. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, this is going to be a good time. Um, I know you've told uh, me a little bit about yourself, but um, a lot of times our listeners like to know how you got into engineering and like what you currently do. So could you give us a, a brief background of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess engineering was our always, always kind of a, uh, 
a thing for me, even when I was a kid, I loved building and always working out in the garage, you know, and uh, yeah, so it just kind of transitioned. I, I originally thought that uh, architecture is where I wanted to go, but I quickly learned I, I did not have the artistic capabilities for that. And so engineering was a good fit. And uh, so I, I did engineering while I was in engineering school. Um, I, I also learned something else about myself that um, maybe like uh, the, the typical engineering career may not have been exactly what I was looking for. So uh, construction, I found, was a, was a perfect fit for me. And so being out on the job sites, working with the guys, um, just kind of the dynamic con conditions of the, uh, the job site and construction projects was a lot of fun. So I, I did that for probably uh, 13 or 14 years. And then over the course of this last year, uh, I, I transitioned into uh, a new division that we've been working on and it's uh, 3D concrete printing. Excellent. So, so yeah. wow that's that's pretty cool now i guess everyone should know that we had a little run-in in school together right we had a few little yeah. things together yeah. and then Absolutely. on top of that you also know my brother mark yeah right yeah mark's yeah, a great guy what's the story there <laughs> i'm not gonna, he promised me not to share any dirt and so i i will uh, honor that promise no mark doesn't have any dirt he's he's an awesome guy and uh we worked together for Oh man, it was probably, I, uh, I want to say I was in Salt Lake, I don't know, four or five years directly with him. And then I got transferred up to Seattle Okay. and I still kept in contact with him. And then when I, I came back, he was one of the first people that I called, you know, just cool. to get back connected. So yeah, I, I've had a 15 year relationship with Mark. He's a, he's a good guy. Great that's guy. great. So. Um, yeah. So that's just some fun background story there, but, um, so now you're working for a company called Picus and you're doing these, this awesome concrete 3d printing. So like, what's, what's a typical day for you now? Like what, how does that work? <laughs> People order stuff. How do you, what are you, what are uh, we doing? So we're, we're still in, I'd say our startup phase, right? Um, we've had the printer, it was installed in October, November timeframe. And then since then there's been a lot of debugging and kind of working out the kinks. Um, but we're finally up and running. We're, we're into production. So uh, I don't know that there's a typical day right now, but uh, we are, we're exploring uh, the different market segments where this can be applied. And so that there's a lot of uh, kind of reaching out to people, trying different things, um, looking at different applications, products. Uh, so there's a lot of that, but there's also a lot of boots on the ground type stuff. So mm -hmm. Um, we're busy printing, um, obviously, and that's a, that's a big operation. It, it requires a, a decent amount of manpower and we're, we're, we've only got four people right now that are part of the operation. So it, wow. um, so there's, there's, a there's, yeah, everybody, it's, it's all hands on deck. So, so what, what market or what, like what areas do you want to go in? Do you think with, with this technology? Is it just anything and everything, or is it like you're looking at specific things? You know, we're we're really trying to stay open to whatever possibilities are out there. Um, I think the end game would be um, probably the structural market. You know, the architectural and structural market is okay. where we'd like to be. 
Um, I, th I think that that's going to take quite a bit of time for the um, for the governing bodies to kind of catch up with the capabilities of the te technology. Um, so while we're kind of pushing that, we're also looking at um, consumer goods. Um, I mean, anything from like flower pots, you know, oh, to yeah. fire pits, to um, uh, architectural features. Um, uh, landscape architecture seems to be a really good, uh, good so, segue, I guess. It um, sounds like you've come full circle then, back back to architecture. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Um, the, the organic shapes that we can print, uh, they blend in really well with a, a landscape um, environment, right? So, so I, I think it, it's got a pretty strong appeal with the, the landscape architecture community. Wow. I, I think it's just a neat technology. I know 3D printers are something that's been around for a few years, but the application of using them just continues to grow so <clears throat> yeah. personally that's first this is the first time i've ever heard it being used in a kind of a concrete type application so yeah that, that's actually a really really cool idea yeah so yeah it's uh when we first i'll, I'll be honest like when we first got into it i was like oh this is this is pie in the sky this is this is not real this is stuff that maybe they're doing at a university or whatever but uh, it was an interesting experience just kind of uh, seeing what was out there and the capabilities that were out there and really coming to realize that, hey, this is legit. Like it's uh, it's time to, it's time to produce, you know, like. Well, so. I told you one day I got to get in there. We'll do a little video and share it with everybody. I think it'd be a really cool thing to to share with people. Yeah, um, yeah it's fun. What I, I want to ask if there's, because um, a lot of times in our community, we get a lot of rising engineers growing, uh, starting engineering, but, yeah. you know, looking back in your own career and where you're at now, do you have any advice or tips or tools that, that would help a growing engineer? You know, um, I've, uh, I've had an interesting experience uh, over the course of the last uh, year, two years, as, as I've been talking to engineers about this technology and how to apply it. Hmm. And the, the biggest thing that I could share is to think outside the box because you, you approach, you'll approach some of these guys and they'll be like, well, I, I can't find that in my code book, right? Like, I, I don't know what to do with that. Yeah. And then you'll approach another guy and he's like, oh, well, maybe if we look at it like a, a masonry type application, we could we could apply this code to it and make it work. And, hmm. and so being able to, to think outside the box is, is huge. Um, and, and I think not only in, in my specific situation, but in a lot of other situations where, um, okay, this, there isn't a specific code provision for this. What do we do? Uh, you've got to, you've got to be creative and you've got to find a solution that works. And so, yeah, being able to, to think outside the box is, it's a big deal. It's, uh, it's a good great. skill to have. I think that's a great skill. And it's, I think that's great for any engineer to, to hear. Cause a lot of times, you know, you get caught up in school and how it's taught and in the books that you need to use. And then when you get out in real life, um, you're kind of yeah. slapped in the face with reality and yeah. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't match a textbook. So absolutely good advice. Yeah, um, what about, what about a lesson that you've learned through a mistake or anything that you've, 
seen at a distance, maybe a mistake that was made. What's, uh, you know, a lot of times we learn when we fail. So if there's any of those pieces of advice, we love to hear those too. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I'm thinking back on a project. It was uh, the Matthew Knight Arena for the University of Oregon. So this is back in my my concrete formwork days. And okay. um, it was uh, it was an extremely technical formwork project. And we had to basically shore these raker beams that were 60 feet in the air and wow. on a very aggressive slope. And so two conditions that, uh, that, that are pretty, pretty tough to, to handle sometimes, especially with the equipment that you, you may be using. So, um, so I was, I was receiving a lot of pressure from the, from the job site to, uh, thin back some of the specifications that I I'd provided on, on the formwork. And I was, I was pretty anxious about it. I, I, I didn't feel comfortable with it. And, um, and we, but I, I conceded, I, I, I said, okay, you're right. I'm Fine. being too conservative. And I, I conceded, even though I, I didn't feel 100% comfortable with it. Um, and we had some movement in, in some of the, the rakers that, that caused some major issues. Luckily, like it was, uh, it, they stayed within tolerance and it wasn't anything substantial, but just, um, yeah. Enough to make you uncomfortable. And oh yeah. <laughs> wish anything, you didn't do that. <laughs> absolutely. Anything, anytime anything's moving 60 feet in the air and you're talking, uh, thousands and thousands of pounds, that's, that's not a good, good scenario. Uh, so that's, that's scary. It is, uh, luck and, and we'll call it luck, right? Like nothing happened. It wasn't, uh, quality was still okay. We didn't have to rip anything out, but uh, yeah, valuable lesson. Don't, uh, don't concede. If you, if you know, if, 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 uh, you know where, uh, where things need to be. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, that's don't a great advice. Lines. So I think a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times in engineering, there's some pressure to, like you said, reduce what your tolerances are or, you know, make it cheaper, shorter, quicker, things like yeah. that. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, you have to live with what you design. So maybe, like you said, trust, you know, how you're, how you're feeling. Luckily that worked out for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, I guess that, that was a good lesson learned. Yeah. Um, what's been your favorite project? If we're speaking of projects, uh, has there been a favorite that you've worked on? Is, is the stuff you're doing now a favorite? Like what were, what's been your favorite? Um, you know, I, yeah, there's been a lot of fun, fun projects. Probably, I, yeah, this, this 3D printing, um, getting this up and going has probably been one of my favorites. So we uh, just, uh, we started two years ago uh, researching. We, we went over to Europe and did kind of a tour of Europe and, and visited a bunch of companies that were doing 3D printing. And we came in contact with Sika, the company that we're, we're partnered up with. And, um, it was kind of game on from there. So we worked with them developing the specifications for the printer, as far as the size and the other capabilities that we needed it out of it. Um, we, 
once we had this uh, the printer specifications uh, nailed down, then we had to go to work on um, uh, building a warehouse to house the printer. So we were thinking about the operations and what we were going to need in this warehouse and design designing that that functionality into the warehouse. And um, we kind of caught got caught off guard because the property that we were going to to build the warehouse on. Uh, there were some issues with the land and property uh, property lines and that, and so we had to scram we were scrambling. So in a time period of uh, from April, starting in April, we purchased the land, we started design on the building, and had permit by the middle of June, and we broke we broke ground immediately, and then we had the structure substantially complete by October. When, was uh which was a pretty tight time frame Man. and so it's a it's pretty intense but it's it's been very satisfying kind of seeing it all come together and then now having um uh yeah the operations just kind of taken off and some really cool opportunities coming through the door um it's been it's been a lot of fun wow that's crazy um i don't you know i think as this grows <clears throat> obviously you know, competition comes around, but it sounds like you got yeah. a good partner. Sounds like you're moving this thing forward quickly. And I think it's exciting. I'd be interested to see what products you're, you're making and working yeah. with people on. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something you're interested in today. I'd like to ask you a couple quick questions, some, some short answers, but what's an obstacle sure. that, uh, that you faced in becoming a civil engineer, whether that was school or F-E-P-E or yeah. career boss, something like that. But what are sure. some obstacles you faced? Uh, the first one that comes to mind is, uh, I guess, just complying with the, the requirements, the state requirements. So I was uh, maybe a little impatient in, um, in getting licensed. Uh, I, I was going to school and working full time. And so I like uh, complying with the state requirements for the professional experience and having your degree, there's a little bit of a discrepancy about uh, if I, if I was complying with uh, those requirements. And so I had to appeal the board and it was, uh, it was actually up in Washington that I was, I was doing this and, and it was a little bit of a process. I had to plead my case. And at the end of the day, I, I they, um, yeah, they gave me uh, my license, which was awesome and let me take the exam. And so I was this for the PE that. or was this for the SE? What was this for? It was for the PE. Okay. Yeah. yeah getting um, licensed in other States sometimes can be a hassle. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Definitely an obstacle. Yeah. Um, that's good advice too. Um, you know, a lot of engineers are working in a lot of different States. So do you have any, I mean, is there any tips there to help others when they're getting licensed in other states? Um, you know, the reciprocity helps, right? And so if you can, uh, um, it's, it's, I, I've since, uh, I'm only licensed in Utah right now and that's, okay. that's where I live. And so I, I've, uh, I haven't had to keep up with it, but yeah, there's definitely resources out there and I'm trying to remember, I, I'm drawing a blank on the, Oh, it's all good. What I, I used, but I believe NCES has kind of a, a, yeah. a place where you can store your licenses and try to get uh reciprocity in other states. They try to help you with that, but I do yeah. know it's kind of a pain. Um, 
Oh yeah. So good luck to engineers getting licenses in lots of states. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, how about this? What's the best advice you've ever received or good advice in general? Um, I think, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go back to, uh, maybe using your engineering judgment uh, again, like, like you said, the real world slaps you in the face, right? Like, you're, you're not going to be able to find a code for every situation to, to kind of spell out how you need to approach it and what you need to do. And so engineering judgment, um, seeing the intent of the code and safely working within that intent, I think is a, is a huge valuable skill that, uh, that can solve a lot of problems and, and, uh, yeah, move things forward. Perfect. I like it. Uh, what, how about this? What's a personal habit that you think has contributed to your success as an engineer? Um, I don't know if it's a habit, but, uh, maybe just, uh, curiosity. So just always, always looking for maybe the next best thing and, and looking to stay on top of things. Um, always, uh, I guess it, it would lend to your continuing education, right? As far as, as an engineer, things are evolving and um, you got to know what's out there. You got to know what's going on so that you can stay in front of it and be prepared for, for those things that are going to be thrown at you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there anybody that you look up to or that you follow that, you know, this curiosity has gotten you following somebody or listening to somebody or. Uh, yeah, I've, Absolutely. I've, uh, I've taken a, an interest in Bill Gates and kind of watching him as he's uh, stepped away from Microsoft and is now using those same skills that he used to build it, just that ginormous empire, you know, and now he's using those skills and those same skills, those same capabilities in a very different way. And it's, it's uh, uh, in more of a philanthropic effort you know to to help the world you know i i I think that's really cool yeah that is cool um do you have any i guess going along those lines is there any books or any resources you'd recommend for engineers um so books i would say uh the serm is awesome like i I guess i remember when i (laughs) when i was preparing for the exam like the serm was it was kind of my go-to hey we agree with that we're an affiliate yeah. with them. So if you awesome. go to uh, PPI, use our little discount code we made. It's C-I-V-A-C and you can get you get 15% off your book. So awesome. Go, nice. go grab it. I think they changed the name of it though. They still use the oh, acronym. They? Yeah, they okay. still use the acronym of CERM, but they changed the title. So it's like maybe maybe they need a new one. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> huh, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they slightly changed the title. Um, the company actually is owned by Kaplan now, so oh, okay. they, I think they changed things a little a little bit there. But it, CERM's a good one, okay. definitely a good one. If you have any others, let us know. Uh, the only other thing I'd say is like uh, I did a PE review course, and I thought it was uh, yeah very instrumental, I guess, in, in helping me get prepared. I, I went into it between those two things. I went into it very nervous, like a little nervous. I like, I felt very well prepared, but I was still nervous, oh, but yeah. I left, 
I left the exam and I thought, and I, I thought that was 10 times easier than I expected. And it was, wow. it, was a, it was a great feeling. So. Yeah, that's great advice. You know, if you're studying for the exams, uh, definitely look into a course and, you know, get the right resources. Those yeah. are definitely what you need to do. And then practicing problems like crazy. Yes. Um, Absolutely. That's going to set you above. Yep. So uh, I guess kind of to wrap things up here, um, one of the fun questions I like to ask is like, if you had all the resources in the world, what's something you'd like to be a part of or work on as yeah. a civil engineer? Um, you know, I, I guess I'll, I'll go back to my Bill Gates response, right? Like I think if, if you had, if you had all the resources and knowledge, like, that would be, that'd be a way cool application. So like something similar to engineers without borders, you know, going down and, and applying that knowledge, your skills into bettering uh, a different part of the world, you know, and, and bringing those things that uh, we may take for granted, you know, to uh, those, those same benefits to, to other people. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Um, I see a lot of entrepreneurs and stuff that donate to like pencils of promise and, um, where also engineering places where they're drilling wells and finding places for water. I think all of those are, I think that's great stuff. So, yeah. Um, let's go ahead and end with this. What's a last piece of guidance or the, or even the best way to contact you at Picus or what, where can, where can people reach out to you, Scott? Uh, probably the, the easiest ways I'll, I'll just give you my, my personal email address, which is S M Denny D E N N E Y at gmail.com. Excellent. And yeah, if, if you're, if you're interested, yeah, I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have or whatnot. That's great. And then what's Picus's website if people want to check out 3d printing. So it's, uh, picusconcrete.com and Picus is P I K U S. Okay. And uh, we're we're working on uh, building out our 3D side, and so that's uh, you may not catch much of that uh, on the website just yet. There's a couple of pictures in that, but um, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. Yes. Can I ask how they came up with the name? Picus. Yeah. Uh, it's actually our owner's last name. Oh. <laughs> So, okay. <laughs> it sounds original, uh, but I was like, yeah, oh man, that's pretty original. Maybe that's yeah. <laughs> something with concrete or printing. <laughs> no. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, sorry, cool, sorry, man. Hope, hopefully that didn't disappoint you. That does disappoint. I still like the name. Still okay. good. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on the show. I think you provided a, a lot of value and I think our audience will really like it. So thanks for joining us. Okay. No problem. Thanks. Isaac. All right. See you later. All right. Bye. Hey guys, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. If you would like to be a guest on the show, we would love to have you. Email me at Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you need more tips, resources, anything to do with the FE, the PE, or anything to do with civil engineering, go check out civilengineeringacademy.com. All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.